You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Now, how many of you were in my session that I spoke on, was it Wednesday? Wednesday morning? I've been, I've been all over the world. <laughs> I kind of lose track. But it was a Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Let me see how many you were in that session. Okay. How many of you were not? Can I see your hand? That's everybody else. I'm, I'm not checking up on you. I just need to... Because as I was meditating on what to minister, uh, because of the, the schedule that happens in the celebration, we were limited for, with time. But the subject is so vast. It's so... Great. It's something that the Lord has really revealed in my heart. I was over with Dr. Bill Winston at the faith, his faith conference. They were talking about it there as well, every speaker. I really believe it's something the Lord wants us to be aware of in these last days. And it's talking about how to operate in the kingdom of God. You could say a subtitle is living in the fourth dimension. Everybody say fourth dimension. What I mean by the fourth dimension is that we live in a natural world, but we're not natural creatures having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings that are, for a temporary time, placed into a natural experience. And so when God created everything and He said, light be, and then began putting creation into place, that is in a natural environment, and the natural environment is, you know, you talk about space, time, and matter. And if you think about it, you can, if you want to go somewhere, it's so many kilometers. And depending if you walk, how you know, if you walk, you can only walk to a certain, even though they keep breaking uh, records, you do know in the natural, there will you'll, there'll be a place where you have to, in the beginning when records were broken, they might have cut to five minutes. Then they started cutting down one minute. Then they cut down one second. And now they're cutting down one-tenth of a second. And that's all just because of the time, the ability to fix our measurements. But have you know, it's never going to get to, I, I can do the 100 meters in 0.1 second. That's never going to happen in the natural. Because there's, there's certain limitation to the physical body. There's limitation to space, time. Time is a created entity. And so the same way, if you've only got eight hours to work in the day, that's your eight hours. And if you get paid X amount in those eight hours, that's what you're going to earn. So you've got to basically do away with eight hours. If you want to go beyond anything, even, even if you work 24 hours, that's all you can work. Because there's only 24 hours in the natural day. That's called a three-dimensional world. You've got length, height, width. Amen. Time is a set thing. Five seconds is five seconds. 365 days is 365 days. If you run out of a day, it's finished. Night time, now tomorrow's another day. Once the day's gone, it's gone. That's your three-dimensional world. But family, God, there is a fourth dimension. It's the realm of the spirit. That's where God exists. He exists above time. He exists above the natural. He exists above anything that would limit him. You start to read through the word and you'll see there's so many things that that's why so many people struggle to believe the Bible because they say, how's that even possible? You know, how does a Red Sea open and there's dry land and people can walk through and then, you know, what's keeping the water up? Because in the natural, it doesn't make sense. And as long as you're locked in a three-dimensional world, we'll only have three-dimensional results. We can only go so far, so fast. 
so quick. Are you with me? How does God get to pay off a 30-year loan on a house if it's going to take 30 years to pay it off? Are you with me? So we've got to go beyond the three-dimensional limitations. If there's a sickness in your body where the doctors say there is no hope, according to medical science, you've got one month to live. That's because of their measurements. They've they've got a history. They've got uh, data that they've looked at, and that's their expectation. So how do you believe God beyond that? And we've got to get out of this three-dimensional limitation and start seeing things from a fourth dimension. Now, the reason we say fourth dimension, many years ago, Dr. Yonggi Cho wrote a book, The Fourth Dimension, talking about the realm of the Spirit. And the reason I want to use the word fourth dimension is because it's not a scriptural term anymore than if you look, there's no word rapture in the Bible. You can study the Bible cover to cover, there's no word rapture. But it's a word we use, we understand where the Bible does talk about the catching away of the church. And, you know, many people have debated whether it's happened or not, or whether it's going to, or whether it's even going to happen. That's not the issue. I'm talking about there's certain concepts that we will put terminology to. It doesn't change the word. But very often in our natural minds, we think of certain words. If I say the realm of the spirits, for some people it's a spooky thing, for some people it's a scary thing, for others, well, that's who we are as Christians. But I want us to start thinking in terms of the natural world has a limitation, and we need to start thinking outside of that. Because when we can believe beyond what limits us, you'll start seeing the unlimited experience. Those things which are impossible for man are possible with God. And so you can use those terms interchangeably. The, the realm of the spirit, spiritual world, and now I'm introducing the concept of fourth dimension. When I say fourth dimension, you know, okay, we're talking about angels and, and the outside of the natural limitations. It's the realm of the spirit. So don't get thrown off by the terminology. But I want to make sure that we understand this concept because that's how God created us to exist. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. <clears throat> what things? The things that the rest of the world is working hard to try and get. The things that people get up and work nine to five and slave, sometimes seven times a week, just laboring, just to get enough food, just to get enough clothes, just to get enough to live somewhere. God, Jesus is saying, these things will be given to you. I'm just waiting to get to the back row. I said, these things will be, didn't he say they'll be added to you? He didn't say go and slave for it, go and work for it. Did I say you must stop working? No. no. We still have to put our labor in. Amen. Amen. Labor with your hands so that you have something to give. So your, your work is not there to generate your living. Yes. The just shall live by? Not by your salary. So why do we work? It's to reveal the gift that's in you. It's to develop the gift that's in you. It's to bring the gift that God placed in you to this world. And by bringing the gift to the world and being there, because we've got to renew our minds. I don't work 
to get money. I work to serve. I serve the world. I serve people. I serve God's calling. So whatever I'm doing, I don't care. You name a career. Scriptural, legal, right, not sinful. Labor. There's that which as long as it's legal under the kingdom of God system. Whatever you're doing, you're serving people first. And if you do that right, then your provision will be in place. Your wealth is in the place of revealing your gift. Seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom is God's method, God's system. It's, it's not just heaven. We speak of the kingdom of heaven, but heaven is a place just as much as earth is a place. People live there. And God is seated on a throne. He's not floating. You know, people are all over the place. No, they, they, we will talk to each other. We, in fact, in the, if you're in the realm of the spirit, you won't know the difference. If, if we were both in heaven now, I could walk up and shake your hand. And we would, we would think we in our bodies. Remember Paul, when he went to the third heaven, said whether in the body or out the body, I don't know. So to him, it felt just as natural, but you know his physical body was still on the earth. So the point I'm making is, in that realm, heaven is a place, but the system that governs it is called the kingdom, and that kingdom is here today as well. It's not like we're living in the earth and one day we'll go over there to the spirit realm. We are spirits right now living in the realm of God's kingdom. And in God's kingdom, there's certain way things work. That's why if you buy a motor car, they will tell you something like, do you want petrol or a diesel car? Then you say, I decide, you know, I, I prefer to have a diesel car. From now on, thou shalt use diesel. Now, are they trying to put limitations on you? Maybe they got shares in diesel and they're forcing me to use diesel. I'll show them, I'll put petrol in you. How many of you know someone that made a mistake and put the wrong thing in? How, how many you know somebody? Not you, I know, no, you wouldn't. But, you know, someone just, they've got, they changed their car and they used to go into a certain tank and then they put it in and they drove off thinking, well, it's fine, you know. Next moment, boom, the car stops working and they, what happened? And they, oh, put petrol into the diesel tank. Are you with me? People have made that mistake. So if the, you buy a diesel car, thou shalt use diesel. If thou dost not, thou shalt surely walketh. Now, that is not a law. Are you, it is a law, but it's not a legalistic law. It's not them trying to control you. It's a method of living. And if we can get this and understand this, when God gives us certain principles and he teaches us certain things, thou shalt and thou shalt not, it's not like he's trying to use religion to control us. The kingdom works a certain way. Just as much as a three-dimensional world, science has been spending centuries on discovering the laws and refining them and trying to work with them. And, and tremendous inventions have come out. When we understand the law, we say, hang on, we can use that. And that's improved life. 
So when we understand the kingdom is governed by laws, but they're laws that are outside of the three-dimensional world, if you understand there's a reason God says, thou shalt. There's a reason he says, thou shalt not. Because if we don't keep those laws just the same way, if we violate the laws of flight, there are people when they didn't understand the laws correctly, thought they looked at a bird, they thought, no, okay, if it looks like that, the bird can fly, and they built something that looked the same, they jumped off a cliff, and they died. They crashed. But why? Because they didn't understand the law fully. But when they discovered, hang on, if we'd use it this way and we refine it that way, now we're flying all over the place. And so the same way in the realm of the spirit, God gives us certain laws. Why is it that we mustn't do this? Why is it that we should do it that way? And people just think, well, that's just religious control. And, and it's nothing to do with that. When you start violating these laws, they end up killing us. It's not like God's out to kill us. You obey my laws or I kill you. No, that's a narcissist. Our God's not. He's a God of love. I said he's a God of love. And love wants the best for you. And in that love, he teaches us, if you do this, you will live. If you do this, it'll kill you. Why? Because they are laws governing that fourth dimension. The whole kingdom is governed by laws. And what's Jesus saying? If you take what I teach you, now we have a tremendous advantage yes. in that when you're born again, you are instantly made righteous. Amen. Amen. Praise God. He doesn't, you don't have to develop to get there. You're given his righteousness. So we are made the righteousness of God. But righteousness will reflect in the way we live. So it's not just I've made righteous, now I can keep doing what I used to do. No, we're now saying now that I'm righteous, let me live righteously. Because there's a right way of living. Righteous, the in, in, built in that is right. So... By receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are instantly made right with God. Why? Because he bore away all your sin. He paid the full price for it. And you have been redeemed. Lift your hand and say, when Jesus died on the cross, he took every one of my sins, paid for it in full, and I am totally redeemed. When God looks at me, he looks at someone who's never sinned. Amen. Amen. So now if someone's never sinned, we want to continue living that way. That's what Jesus is saying. If you seek first his kingdom, his method, his system, and his way of doing it right. In fact, the Amplified Version says that. Doing it, God's way, the right way. And if you do it the right way, Jesus says, the system will work to your advantage. The system will work to your advantage. And how you know God's kingdom, there is no lack. None. No lack. And I said this uh, up in, at, at celebration, is that the day you were born again, you were born into the wealthiest family that has ever existed in this universe. I said... When you were born again, you were born into the wealthiest family 
that ever existed in this universe. Now, how do you know if you're born into a home, whatever's available in that home is available to you. You don't ever find a baby saying, I wonder where I'm going to get my clothes. A baby doesn't care where you get the food. It just opens a mouth and screams and it gets fed. Isn't that right? That baby's as wealthy as that home is. Even as a child, as it grows up, you don't get a child coming home saying, they just told me school fees are due. I don't, know. I don't have any money. I only get like pocket money, 10 rand a month. How am I going to pay school fees with that? Isn't that right? You don't get any child worrying. And you notice what children do? I don't know how they do it today, but in our days, we used to get the envelope at school. You give this to your parents. Isn't that right? And you go home, there's, there's the letter that says school fees are due. What's this? This is your, give this to your parents for the school fees. You know, I don't know, can I give it to my dad? I don't know. I, last week he said we didn't, he was struggling to find this money and, you know, we didn't get, you know, he didn't pay the bill and the electricity is still due. I don't know, can I give him the letter? You know, those kids don't do that. They run home, sometimes they forget the letters. Like, they get, parent gets a phone call from the school, you know, where's the school fees? I don't know that, do you? Ask your son, he's got the letter. Have you got the letter? <gasps> yes, dad, okay, yeah. Isn't that right? You didn't worry about it? And if you were a diligent child and you brought the letter home, you kind of got home and said, hey, dad, you got mail. So what are we worrying about? You're born into the wealthiest family that ever existed. Man, come on, you've got to get a hold of this. Why are you worrying about the fees? Why are you worrying about the bulls? Dad said he's going to look after it. Didn't he say that? Well, then why doesn't he? Because it's still stuck in your school case. You have to present it to him. How's he going to pay if you don't give it to him to pay? See, the only reason we worry is because we are trying to take the responsibility for ourselves. We're trying to carry it instead of give it to Him. Hallelujah. Now, I know I can still hear in the realm of the Spirit something like, yeah, but I don't know, what, what, but, amen, but, but. You've got to put the buts aside. We're going to take some time to have a look from the Word of God because the faith comes by Hearing by, we'll never receive beyond what we believe. And the only reason we still worry is because somehow the enemy's convinced us, you have to come up with the money. You have to come up with your healing. You have to sort this problem out. But if we can ever renew our minds to the fact that God loves us so much in His grace and mercy, He's decided to just cancel all your sin, consider as you've never ever sinned, why? Because he so desperately wants you to live at the standard he lives. You live in the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom, it is, in the kingdom, it's fully provided. Can you ever see Jesus going hungry? He constantly demonstrated. I mean, there were 5,000 men plus women and children. And he says to his disciples, 
Where do we find food to eat these people? And the sentence is constructed in a way says that he wanted to check where they, what level, are you still in three-dimensional thinking? Or how long must I be with you till you start thinking outside of three dimensions? And what happened? Philip went to three-dimensional thinking. 120 denarii, what's that? That's 120 days wages. In other words, that is four months salary. It's gonna take four months of working to feed these people. And you want us to feed them? Where are we going to find that money? Can you see? He's limited to time. He's limited to value. And Jesus said, let me show you something. What do you have? Five loaves, two fish. What's that? Three-dimensional. What is that amongst so many people? See, they, he took the five loaves, two fish, uh, divide by the people. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, let me show you. Give it to me. What did he do? He blessed it. The moment he blessed it, he moved those five loaves and two fish into the fourth dimension. As he blessed it, it opened it to the realm of the impossibility being possible. And then he distributed it to the disciples. Now, here's what you've got to get a hold of. Because our traditional thinking is Jesus multiplied the bread and fish. Sometimes some Bibles, you know, they've got the titles. They're not in the verses. It's what people put in. Don't get misled by titles. Do you really think Jesus standing there and he was doing... And it started getting more and more and started piling around. Yeah, give it away to people. That's not what he did. He took the five and the two and he broke it and he put it in the hands of the disciples. So now, if they ate what they got, that's the three dimensions, finished. Miracle not over and there's nothing more that's gonna happen. The, The seed has been eaten. But when they took what they had and then went to the people, said, do you want some? Yes, and as they did that, as they continued doing that, that bread and that fish started growing and multiplying in the hands of the people. Why? Because the person receiving wasn't limited by, there's only five loaves and two fish at the beginning. In your hand is enough for me. So they received it. But then their neighbor also wanted, do you want some? And they noticed as they kept giving, they kept eating. As long as they kept giving, they all kept eating. As long as they kept giving, they all kept eating. As long as they kept giving, they always keep eating. See, three-dimensional says, this is not even enough to fill me. Isn't that right? That's three-dimensional thinking. I'm not giving this to anyone. I mean, there's a lot of people here. I need to eat. Me, as long as I'm full. But four dimension says, it's not about me. I want to serve others. Are you still hungry? Yeah, yeah, some more. 
And as long as it kept moving amongst the people, they eventually reached a place where the Bible said they'd all eaten to their full. In other words, the guy had some, do you want some more? No thanks, I still got, yeah, and I'm finished. You know, and how about you? No, I still got, I got, I got, got I got, I still got, I got. Anybody else want more food? I'm full, man. All right, well, let's gather up what's left. And there's 12 baskets of food left. Come on, even five loaves to two fish going to 12 baskets, that alone would have been a miracle. But now you've got 5,000 men plus women and children, that's probably 20,000 people, all fully fed. And the 12 baskets is what's left. Can you see that God is exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think, provided you stop limiting yourself to what you have in your hand? God is able to move beyond the limitations of this natural world. Praise God. Give Jesus praise if you get a hold of that. See, we have to stop thinking of miracles as like magic. Jesus didn't take five loaves of two and make some stuff out of nothing. No, it came out of, something happened. Obviously, those five loaves and two fish had, it was molecular solid structure. The food the people ate wasn't like woofoo food. It, 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 was, it was solid fish. They were eating fish, they were eating bread, but where did it come from? It, that same bread and fish kept multiplying. What was one became two, two became four. It was substance out of substance. That's why even when God said, light be, it's not that you, you, religion has a term called, it's a Latin ex nihilo. Ex nihilo means that God created everything out of nothing. That's not accurate. Because God already existed. And in Him all things exist. Bible says He is light. He is light. And we don't think of light as sunlight or coming out of a, out of a, a lamp or something. Light is the very building block of the whole kingdom. It's who God is. He's the very source of it. He's the substance of it. And then he said in the beginning, let there be light. Now that wasn't giving permission. It was, you look at the original Hebrew, it's light be. That's how he spoke. In other words, he addressed what was already in him and threw it out into a natural manifestation. So the natural manifestation is the building block is light. And science has discovered that. It took them billions of dollars to discover it. They could have bought a Bible for 100 rand and seen <laughs> that the very <laughs> building block is light. So light came out of God. Then everything from that moment was already in existence, whatever he needed. When the earth was there, he spoke to the ground and it brought out plants. It was already in the ground. So everything comes out of substance. Now, faith is the of things, the evidence of things not seen. Where is that? In the fourth dimension. But faith sees it before it sees it. And if you see it, you can seize it. So what you can't see, if you can see, will cease to be unseen and be seen and can be seized. 
You can write that down later. You need to start taking from that fourth dimension and pulling it into the third. So how do you do that? By faith. So how do you do that? That's what we're going to work on. Because I didn't get time to get there in celebration. Remember, Pastor the Apostle Theo said, we're going to learn. Some will motivate us. Some will tell us how. I didn't get to the how. Well, we're going to work on the how. Because here's the point, is that if it already exists in the realm of the Spirit, it's Jesus pulled those bread and fish out of the fourth dimension because it already existed. Uh, when you create the fish, it was already in the water. Whatever he created already exists and already exists in you. Hallelujah. But it's going to take an insight beyond this natural world. Have a look what it says here in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom, and, 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 you see, up till now, we've had natural understanding. We are, as children, we are taught. Don't do that. That can go wrong. This fits in there. Don't put that in here. Are you with me? Those are all natural rules. And they, they're good. You must understand. I would strongly recommend not jumping off a 30-story building because there is a natural law called gravity. So... Gravity is not evil, even though it can kill. That's true. If you violate the law, the, equivalent, the, the end result is death. It doesn't make gravity evil. Because if it wasn't for gravity, we'd all be floating around in here, trying to hold on to our Bibles and everything, you know, bumping into each other. No. In this natural world, you need to have natural laws. There's a certain place that you work with them. But when the situation arises that the natural laws get in the way, you can bypass them. You can overcome them. And so that's the point, is that we're going to have a look and see what that is. Because as long as you're stuck in your natural understanding, then you're limited to natural results, natural methods, natural processes. But notice what Paul says. He says he wants you filled with the knowledge of God and be increased in your spiritual understanding. Your spiritual understanding. There's more to this world than natural understanding. Hallelujah. Notice, be filled with the knowledge of His will. Why? Because this world is working so hard and endlessly bombarding us to change the Word of God to change what is the law of God. They have gone so far for years and years and years that the devil's been relentless over the centuries. But it's only just recently moved into a place where now they're starting to write sin into law. To make it, Ill, make it illegal to not sin. That's, that's how bad it has become. 
So as long as we are controlled by, well, I mean, the, the, the law says it, the country says it, you know, the whole of society, you bring something up in certain areas, you, they will shout you down, they want to cancel you, they want to throw you out, make you out like you are unreasonable, you're a bigot, and all this sort of thing, and, and, and try and diminish you because you stand up for what's right. Why is the world working? Because the devil wants to keep you in three-dimensional thinking. Don't think outside of this natural world. And the thing is that sin keeps you locked into the 3D world. Sin is what keeps us locked in this natural world. And so, in order to step out of it, you have to know how God thinks. We can no longer allow media and even the law of this country of people that are supposed to be experts. We can no longer trust the media system to tell us what's right and wrong. We're going to have to stand up against all of that, that every limitation that's trying to keep you locked down, keep you locked into this natural world. Even Jesus said it. When he was in the earth, you scribes and Pharisees, you don't enter into the kingdom of God and you are trying to keep others from entering it. There are places that are called church. A man stands up behind something called the pulpit and he reads from a Bible and he will tell you that you don't speak in tongues anymore. Uh, you can't expect healing. And, and you know, who are you to speak and expect things to happen? And, and they're trying to speak against the system of God. And he says, you limit yourselves and you try and stop other people. Can you imagine that? Trying to stop. Like I said last week is that, you know, people say, well, I don't agree with the prosperity message. That's fine. If you like enjoy, if you enjoy poverty, by all means, go ahead. I don't care how you live. I, I, I love you. And I don't mean that in a horrible not care. I, I do care I, I, from God's perspective. I want you to be healed. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be well. I want you to be strong. I want you to succeed. That's my love for you. But if someone says, I don't want it, it doesn't change my life. You know, go ahead. If somebody says, I really, you know, I want to live poor and struggle, that's fine. As long as you get to heaven. That for me is the most important. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. And go knock yourself out, tiger. But please, don't stop me. Why would you want to block me from living in it? Come on, how do you say amen? And so the whole point I'm making here is to get to that, you're going to have to know how God thinks. Filled with the knowledge of God's will. God's will. How are you going to know that? From the word. Faith comes by? Hearing by the? Word of God. It's only the Word that's going to reveal this to you. And so he goes on and he says in verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who... Who? Who? Has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in? 
Where's that? Those that have already gone on before us and are already living completely in the fourth dimension, in the light. They are those that are already in the light. So they are walking in the full manifestation of God's kingdom. But notice the wording. You are already qualified here in the earth. You don't wait to get to heaven to live this way. That's what Jesus came to the earth to demonstrate. While he was in the earth, he showed and he demonstrated this is how the kingdom works. You notice every time he would teach the kingdom and he would heal. He'd teach the kingdom and he would heal. The kingdom of God is as if and he would heal. The kingdom of God is like. He kept showing this is how the realm of that dimension works. And the Bible says you are already qualified. It is your inheritance. Everybody say inheritance. How many of you have ever received an inheritance? Let me just see you. Someone in your family passed away and they left an inheritance. Isn't that right? So when you got to the lawyer, they said, okay, this is your inheritance, but it's going to take, uh, we've done the calculations, it's going to take about five years of labor to, to, to work that, for that inheritance. So go ahead and this is what you need to do for the next five years. And when you're finished, then you're qualified to get this. Is that what happened? It was outside the system, isn't it? It wasn't your labor. It was the labor of your descent, of, of your, the person that's left the inheritance to you. They labored. They did the work. They built that, that wealth. And then the day they passed, you inherited it. You work, didn't work for it at all. You sat down in the lawyer's office. They read it. And you went, oh, so yesterday you didn't have it. Today you got it. Isn't that right? Now, you may not have even known you had it. You actually had it for since the day they, they wrote it into the world. It was yours. But only when you found out about it, it became yours. The day Jesus died on the cross, he gave you everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's blessed you with every blessing. He's given you his entire kingdom. I didn't know that. Well, the day you were born again, you received it. Well, I still don't know. The day you read it in his will. The day you read it in his will. You went, oh, this is mine. Now, all you, what do you do with that? You go work for it? You receive it. You say, that's mine. Jesus gave it to me. He's paid the price for it. I receive it. Say, I receive it. And the moment you receive it, verse 13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Say this, I've already been delivered. The day I was born again, I was born into a different system, the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Am you ready to get, dig into this? Only five of you, praise God. I'll keep doing it just for you. Come on, let's give Jesus praise. Come, let's stand together. Lift your hand to the Lord and say, thank you, Father, for your word. I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of your word, I'm also a doer. From this day on, I choose you. I choose life. I choose your kingdom. 
I choose your system. I am no longer of this world. I'm living in the realm of God. And that which is impossible in this natural realm is possible for you. I believe it. I choose to live by that. I am filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I see, I understand the realm of the kingdom of God. And as I walk in it, I fully enjoy the inheritance you've already qualified me for. It's mine. I take it. I believe it. And thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God.